the icons of real estate podcast. Are you ready to learn the proven money-making secrets from top producing icon agents? Ready to skyrocket your business? This podcast is for you. Tune in every week with your host, Tomasz Fonseca, and find out how to implement proven strategies to 10 times your business. From $3 million to $30 million in just 12 months. Brought to you by the Masters in Real Estate Marketing, Ardor SEO. Welcome to the Icons of Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Patty Teal. Today's featured icon is Ed Kaminsky, an EXP top performer. Here are just a few highlights of Ed's illustrious career. An expert in the real estate industry, he has been named one of the top 100 of America's top performing real estate agents by none other than the Wall Street Journal. Ed has been licensed and practicing real estate in the South Bay and greater Los Angeles communities since 1987. He and his dynamic team have been featured on ESPN, Fox, NBC, ABC, Bravo, HGTV, and The Fine Living. Very, very impressive. Kaminsky Real Estate is the leading luxury residential sales and marketing agency in the South Bay. For over 30 years, the most coveted homes along the iconic California coastline from Palos Verdes to Manhattan Beach have been entrusted to their team. Welcome, Ed. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Oh, thanks so much for being here. I'm really impressed with all that you've accomplished and what you've done. And we usually like to start by having our featured icon tell a little background on themselves, how they ended up in this field, how it grew, just your story. Would you mind sharing that? Sure. Um, so I originally came out to California from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, to study gemology. Uh, I went to what's called the GIA, the Gemological Institute of America, and got involved in the jewelry business. And while in that business, I honed some sales skills more than knowledge about jewelry, because it was really a sales position. But during that uh, time, I would watch late night TV and watch, you know, Tom Vu and all these guys that were getting rich in real estate. And I just thought there was more for me out there than just what I was doing. So I transitioned into real estate um, still at a pretty young age. I was in my uh, mid twenties and that was back in 1987. And my first year I did 17 sales and um, I got a taste of what was possible. And the one thing I learned early on in my career was just watch others. Um, that that's all I knew, right? I, I skipped, um, you know, formal post high school education to just go into business. And so I always felt that self-educating was important to me to be able to excel better than where I was. And that's become a mad obsession of mine. So I watched what people were doing around me and I just went and copied it, right? Or tried to do it my way and continued to grow my business. Um, and I would say every three to five years, I would have these jumps in production based on something I had learned that year. And, you know, I, I call it leveling up. Uh, there was a time where all I cared about was how can I sell 50 houses in one year? I didn't care where they were. I didn't care what the prices <laughs> were. 
just, I want to know how to do 50. Mm-hmm. So if I could do 50, then I felt like I, it, it gave me the confidence that I could do anything right in real estate. Right. <laughs> and so then I moved to, that's when I started leveling up saying, Hey, I'm selling 50 homes, but they're not very expensive. So how do I move up that price point? So I moved closer to the beach as far as my business generation went. I, my office was already there, but my business wasn't. So I moved my business generation there and continued to move closer to the water, closer to the water. My average price went up. And, and then I started what I call my niches. I started a company called Sports Star Relocation uh, 20-some years ago, dedicated to helping athletes when they're drafted or traded become free agents. I started a luxury real estate auction company that was uh, really a, a, just a really robust marketing company to find buyers quickly for very, very expensive homes all over the country. Uh, I've since sold that company. Uh, and, and now uh, I'm focused on just building just a, a great team that provides incredible service to our clients while we scale those numbers up. Um, you know, we've been doing about $300 million a year in business. And based on what we're building now, the goal is to get to $1 billion uh, wow. a year in sales, which mm-hmm. I think is very capable and, and, and just around the corner. So that's where we are today. We're working on, on building that you know, uh, service, it, you know, it's, it's a new business now, right? It's about lead generation, lead conversion, and customer service throughout that process. So it's, wow. Thanks yeah. for sharing your story. It's, it's really great. And I love that you're so passionate about self-educating and also watching other successful people and learning from them. Um, would you call them mentors or do you just kind of quietly walk, watch them from the background? Oh, there's definitely been some mentors in there and coaches. And I find mentors and coaches are, are, are different. So um, I think, you know, men- mentors are those that you get inspiration from and uh-huh. that can drive you to to do things better. And coaches are more about the, you know, the, the nitty gritty, the, the, the concepts, the skills and, and things to learn from. So uh, Mike Ferry was um, been my coach for most of my career from the Mike Ferry organization. My mentors have been active succeeding real estate agents from around the country that are doing large volumes of business that I consult with. Well, that's really interesting. I never thought about the difference between a mentor and a coach. Yeah. So one does the nets and bolts of teaching you, such as the coach coaches that you've had. And then a mentor is kind of more inspirational, it sounds like. Yeah. And you can find one person to be both. Mm-hmm. But, but I've found that I've have both in my life. Yeah. Well, you must have been somewhat of a natural. I mean, 17 sales in the first year, so many realtors are lucky if they get one in the first year. So what do you attribute that to? Uh, a wife and two babies. Oh, <laughs> they were hungry. <laughs> oh, that's a good motivation, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't have a choice. I mean, I never felt I had a choice to, to do anything but figure it out and go out and do there. I was born competitive. Um, 
you know, I met somebody the first day in my office that was standing there and called me over and said, Ed, check this out. And he was holding five commission checks in his hand that he was going to deposit that were equal to my annual salary I'd made the year before. And he was making that in one day. And I said, I won't say what I said then, but I said, if he could do it, I could do it. And, um, and so that was enough bait for me to see someone who I didn't think was that amazing doing it, gave me the confidence that I could do it. And I was just going to go figure it out. Right. Commit to you it. can do it. You can do it. So that's. Yeah. But I, what did it really come down to? You know, people ask, you know, it doesn't just happen because you want to happen. It doesn't happen just because you need the money. It happens because you do something about it. So the one, the first thing I learned from Mike was setting a schedule. And it wasn't until I set a schedule that I even realized I had a job. Because I think you come into real estate and you just kind of wander around and, you know, wait for things to happen. And next thing you know, the whole day's gone. The moment I set a schedule and I was clear what I was doing at eight o'clock and 11 o'clock and one o'clock is certainly my morning schedule. I started to feel like... I had some base of knowledge of, of what to do and, and when to do it and where to do it. So I always committed to three hours of lead generation called prospecting, use whatever word, it doesn't make your stomach turn. <laughs> but, uh, three hours every day. And I, I did that for at least 25 years straight, every day, five days a week. So three, three hours of lead generation, an hour of lead follow-up, and then whatever else happens the rest of the day. Right. So that does take discipline to be able to follow your schedule like that. But I, yeah. I understand that's a key to a lot of people's success. For sure. I want to talk about something unique that I found when I was researching you and looking on your website. As you know, Ed, so many people have to have cash in hand to purchase homes these days, especially the past couple of years, those who don't are usually missing out on the house. But you seem to offer uh, a unique program that solves that problem for people that are going a more traditional route with their loans. I think you call it the cash close program. Can you explain that? Yeah, I think as the market moves, you have to be prepared to have the best products that are out there. And when the market was really interesting in the 2000s, banks were giving away money, um, you know, just had no which banks were giving away money and you could help clients buy homes. Um, and then, you know, the market changed. Everyone needs down payments. So you have to find clients who are qualified, who have the down payments. You got to work a little bit differently there. But then we discovered in the recent market that there was 10 offers on every home and the offers that were getting uh, accepted were the all cash offers, but we had really well qualified buyers with decent down payments, but they weren't all cash. So they didn't look as pretty. So how do I make them look prettier? You partner with a company that will provide them all cash to make the purchase uh, initially. So there are programs out there. There's multiple companies out there that do that. And so just making sure you partner with them, get approved by them to be able to help guide your clients when making a cash offer is going to make the difference for them. 
Yeah, that's so great that you're doing that because it's so disappointing for people who find their perfect house, but they might be younger and just don't have that uh, ability to pay cash. So right. that's wonderful that you can make their dreams come true. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it's, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's the little differences you do for your clients that help elevate your business for sure. Yeah, and that's not even so little. That's a really big deal. Now, I know you have an event coming up July 28th. I love the name, Thrive or Die. That'll get your attention. <laughs> Eight proven strategies to supercharge your sales volume. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so the Thrive or Die event is really about how to handle a shifting real estate market, right? So we're all used to every listing selling, multiple offers on every listing, and then a whole new set of problems that pop up when interest rates double in the course of three or four months and everyone goes into panic mode and trying to really make it through that jungle of, of fear and objections that happen. And so, you know, since we've done as much as we have in, in my career, I found that sharing this information with the real estate community is bringing great value. It elevates the quality of the realtors we get to work with and in, in turn just makes our business better. So uh, we're collaborating. It's a free event um, that people can come to. It's in Redondo Beach and <clears throat> it's thriveordieevents.com if you want to come and check it out. Uh, I'm going to get more specific on what I just talked about is leveling up. How do you level up your business if you want? How do you raise your raise your average sales price. And then also the top 10 habits and skill sets of millionaires and, and how they think and what they do. And so that's what I'll be speaking about at that event. Is it ever too late, Ed? I think I should go to that event. It sounds wonderful. Or do you mostly- No, you know, the, the biggest inspiration I, I got was from a, a guy in Florida. I think his name's Robert Stack, if anybody's ever heard of him, but- mm -hmm. uh, probably one of the biggest producers in, in real estate in the, in the world. And my understanding is he didn't start until he was 65. Wow. And that is very inspirational. So if, if, if age is a, a fear, uh, he's proved otherwise that oh, you can start at any age. Good to know. Yeah. And um, I know you talk a little bit, I'm not sure if it's a part of your event or not, but you, um, I saw somewhere that you teach people how to earn 1 million in revenue and repeat it. Yeah, so we've come up with a <laughs> we've come up with a formula of how to make a million dollars in revenue and broke it down based on the time frame someone wants to earn it. So if they want to earn it in 5 years, hypothetically 200 grand a year, right? They want to do it in 4 years, 3 years, 2 years. What is the formula to be able to drive a million dollars in revenue to your real estate business? How long will it take? And then, you know, depending how fast you get there, how do you repeat it or how do you repeat it faster? So this is what we work on every day with, with our team and just trying to fine tune. And it's a big number for some, and you have to break it down into smaller increments, right? Break it right. down to the year, break it down to the month, break it down to the week and break it down to the day. And what do you need to be doing today to allow that outcome to happen? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, what a great explanation. Depending on your timetable, if you got a lot of time, <laughs> you can move a little slower. If you're 65 and you need to get going, you're yeah. going to have a different different goals. So um, you must be a very great marketer. It seems like you're kind of a media darling with ESPN, Fox, NBC, ABC, Bravo. And I know you're in Los Angeles and Hollywood area, but how did you get so much press coverage? You know, it has to be purposeful. Um, nothing happens by chance, right? So I, I, I think I come in and out of focus with different things that are important at the time. And so whether it's marketing the company, marketing the brand, marketing a client's property, building a, a niche, right? You got to get laser focused on your intent and then you can make it happen. Um, I think, you know, we talk about, you know, SEO and social media and, and those type of things, you know, it's great if you can set up a whole full multi-channel plan, mm -hmm. but the reality is if you could just pick one or two and focus on them and be amazing at that, you'll probably have better results than just doing a shotgun out to a lot of different things. And so, you know, I'm just able to turn on certain focuses. And there was a time when, when, you know, global press was important to the growth of two of my companies, Sports Star Relocation and our auction company. And so we utilized the PR companies and, and different avenues to get that kind of exposure. Yeah, that's very interesting. I think global press is probably still helpful, but maybe not as imperative as it used to be. No, I mean, you know, ha having um, someone talk about you in Florida, if you don't do any business in Florida is questionable, but, um, you know, being, being present for consumers right now, I think is critical. I think being present with truth and, and proof is, is critical, right? A lot of people get on and can say all kinds of things, but doesn't mean much if you don't have proof behind it. And so that's what we focus on today is what information are we delivering and, and what validity of that information do we have? What proof of that information do we have? If we're speaking about where the market's going or where we think it's gonna go, do we have data to support that? A lot of people like to get on and banter about negativity, about you know the market's crashing and interest rates are up and this is gonna happen, but is it just based on a feeling or is it based on facts? And so we just try to stick to, to the truth and proof where we can when we talk today. Yeah, and that I'm sure makes people trust you because you are so truthful. And you mentioned your team earlier. Can you um, tell our listeners about your team? Yeah, we, we are uh, an expanding team. We're, we're close to 30 people now. Um, we have, you know, it's about half, half staff and half agents. We're looking to um, double the agent staff by the end of the year. And everyone has their role, right? So we have what I would call a lead generation department. We have a lead conversion department and we have a lead processing department. Um, so that <clears throat> it, it's, you know, we've turned the real estate business into a business. The focus of, of how we operate is driven by number one, customer satisfaction. This is the top of our list. And then and break it down from there. And so that's, that's how we, we base our business. We operate off the EOS model, which is a, um, 
model developed, uh, this, well, it stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. So it's a very systematic approach to um, running your company, uh, picking your staff, putting them in the right seats, how you operate your, your, your meetings. And it's a very structured way of operating and then thus growing. Very interesting. So it sounds like that's one of the keys to your success and you have so very many. I'd like to talk about your niche with the athletes yeah. and how did you get into that and how does that work? Sure. So, um, God, it was so many years ago, I, I represented my first player and I thought it was cool. And, and then the second thought was, well, I should have them all. I should have every athlete that comes to LA. And so when I made that statement to myself, I actually believed it. And then players were coming to LA and they weren't working with me. So I was mad. <laughs> so you're competitive. The, That's a good thing. <laughs> the why? Yeah, no, I was frustrated because I made the decision that they're all going to work with me. So I just thought it was automatic. And they weren't cooperating. No, they first. weren't. <laughs> Nor was the real estate community. <laughs> So I said, okay, I got to do something about that. So I said, why don't I get to know every realtor in the country that does business with athletes? And then when any of their clients go to LA, they'll just call me and refer me in. So that was kind of the first brainchild behind that. So I, I went on a mission to discover who either works with athletes or is qualified to work with athletes. And I built a company called Sports Star Relocation to build this network of agents across the country. Um, but that company was driven off of my competitive nature and the success of a company isn't really built by just sheer competitiveness in, in the founder. It's built by what you provide the end user. And so I had to discover what was important to the player, right? And so what I, I learned after working with them a long time is that they don't love getting relocated. I and mean, yeah, they love big contracts, but you know, they're taking their kids out of school, their spouses sure. away from their friends. It's a very, mm -hmm. you know, um, frustrating process because they're in one city one day. Literally, I've had clients go from one locker room to the next locker room the same oh. day in the same hallways. Wow, that would and, be tough. Mm -hmm. And so they have to make a call to their, their family and say, hey, we're, we're moving to Dallas or LA or whatever it is. And so helping them with all of those things that come up from car moves, household good moves, finding a new, you know, babysitter, a chef and everything else that they need is as important as getting onto a team with, with a new contract. And so we provided more of a concierge service around that type of move to be more service oriented to our clients. That's so very interesting. And because you helped them in a new city and connected them in all sorts of ways, did you become friends with some of these athletes? Yeah, no, I've built lifelong friendships with a lot of the players and um, we've gotten to celebrate some championship wins together, which is really, you know, wasn't something I ever dreamed of, but it's certainly a nice side perk for sure. That is very cool. Yeah. And as I was researching you, Ed, I, I noticed what a good guy you are. And I noticed that you've been on the board of the Friendship Foundation for quite a long time. So obviously you're well-rounded. It's not just always real estate, real estate, real estate. I wanted to give you a chance to talk about the Friendship Foundation, what it does and what it means to you. 
Sure. Um, the Friendship Foundation is an incredible um, foundation. It's dedicated to helping special needs kids. And it really, where it started was helping them just deal with the, the challenges they have at being at a public school, if they, if they go to public school. And as you can imagine, they're the ones that are picked on and teased and everything else. And so the original design was to, to partner up every, every child with a leader in the school. So it might be the football, oh. you know, quarterback or just mm -hmm. the, the and so they partnered the kids up with someone that's really cool at the school and they became their friend, right? They became their protector, right? And so now when these kids walk through the school, they get respect. And now when they go to the grocery store and they see another kid from school, the kid knows, oh my God, that's the, kid, the one that's with the quarterback. And they go and high five him and say hello. And it's just transformed their, you know, their happiness, honestly, uh, to be able to just walk through school like a, a, a normal kid. Um, and now it's grown into building, we have over 1800 different programs that we wow. implement over the course of a year for kids to participate in. And we're building a brand new facility, um, breaking ground next month on it to, to build even more programs for, to teach them how to, um, you know, to, to work into the working force um, because they're they're become turning 18, right? And right. some of them have some skills that they can mm -hmm. get into the working force. So we're creating partnerships with the business community and these children who are now some becoming young adults to be able to transition into the workforce and to be able to help them really integrate better and differently than they ever had the opportunity to before. Oh, that is really very heartwarming. My first career was as a special education teacher. And I imagine it's just as good for the cool kids to um, become friends with these kids that maybe have more it challenges is, it, as it, it is for them. It, it, there's no, no doubt in that. I mean, just to see how they change by giving back to someone who really needs it, right? And kid, as you know, teenagers are, are, are tough, right? They, yeah. They'd love to be picking on people and that's kind of the end thing. And so mm -hmm. when you see someone really supporting somebody, uh, it changes, you know, throughout the school. And I think it's, it's an amazing thing that we're able to do. Well, thank you so much for sharing about that program. I'm gonna read up more on it, but you did a great job explaining it. I can imagine people that are listening are going to be interested in getting in touch with you. How would they do that? Um, they can reach out. I can give you my uh, phone and email. It's uh, the 310-427-2414. Again, it's 310-427-2414. And my direct email contact is my initials, ek at it's sold, itzsold.com. Well, you're a true icon in life and in real estate. And I have to thank you so much for being on the show today. You're welcome. Thank you, Patty. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great day. You too.